Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, Omaha. Um, please, if you're liking the show, please uh, give it a rating, give it a review. That kind of stuff really, really helps when it comes to iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. But thank you for joining today because this this is this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to go to the south a little bit here. Um, my guest this week is Dan O'Brien. He is the owner of Acadian Grill, which now has two locations here in Omaha. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. An all Dan podcast today. This <laughs> yeah. is kind of fun. This is going to be a little bit of trippy Dan back and forth here. Uh-huh. Um, so for people who aren't familiar with Acadian Grill, it's, it's, it is a Cajun restaurant. It's kind of the cuisine is kind of a, a blend of, French food and soul food can, for people who aren't maybe well-versed in Cajun food, can you kind of break down the cuisine and what they can expect when they come into Acadian Grill? Sure. You know, Caribbean fits in there too, I think. Right, right. Um, the, uh, you know, it's rustic. Um, our particular particular version is, you know, a scratch kitchen, you know, and that's just not marketing. Um but a lot of it is, you know, blackening. We have a great blackening seasoning. has four different kinds of pepper in it. Oregano, basil, thyme as well. Um, onion powder, garlic powder. Um, so when I think of Cajun food and why I love it so much, I'm really into blackened seafood mm-hmm. and uh, other proteins. Um, then you can do whatever you want from there as far as, I'm, you know, but we have our jambalaya is our number one seller. Um you know, that's uh, more of a Creole, mm-hmm. you know, with the uh, tomato base, um, rice dish with chicken and andouille. But Cajun food, it's the depth, right? Some people will think that or will assume that it's really hot and uh, maybe even hard to digest. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's untrue. What we're looking for, what I'm looking for in Cajun food is depth and layers, layers of flavor, Right. Uh-huh. Um, so that's how I would describe Cajun food is layers of fa- flavor and depth when it's done right. That's something that I wanted to ask you about. But since you brought it up, mm-hmm. I think we should just talk about it now is like, what would you say to someone? Because I think that there is for people who aren't really familiar with Cajun food, they would look at it and say, Ooh, that's spicy. I don't yep. know if I want to mess right. around with that. Mm-hmm. But that's not really the case. It's I not. mean, there are some people who yeah. do Cajun food wrong that just throw a bunch of cayenne on it and everything, but can you maybe dispel some of those fears and let people know? You know, another popular dish is, uh, I get this question often, right? And I'll I'll even have, uh, at least once a week, a person will say it's just too spicy. Can you, I wish you would have toned it down. Maybe even I said, well, then my customer from Alabama isn't going to come back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and we get a lot of transplant Southerners, a lot of them. And they call us uh, a home away from home. Um, the the etouffee, you know, there's certain dishes that have you know less kick to it or um, less peppery, I should say. Mm-hmm. And that would be like the etouffee. You know, we're actually making it. Our sauce base is, con- contains a lot of orange juice. Right? Mm-hmm. And then crawfish. We can we're making everything to order, so we can leave off the blackening seasoning off the crawfish or not. Or some people are adding shrimp to, shrimp to that, and we can just grill it. Um, we have a lot of salads, um, but you can certainly, you know, I'm a fire breather. You know? <laughs> I'm right there with you, man, yeah. man. So I love blackened food, like I said earlier. And, you know, the blackened catfish will certainly, you know, if you're not 
into spice, that's something to stay away from. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll wake up the sinuses yeah. a little bit. Sure. Um, it's, it's so interesting to me. Like Omaha is such a hub for so many different styles of cuisine. I mean, I feel like you can find just about anything here, you know, mm-hmm. Italian, Mexican, Korean barbecue, like you go down the list, there's mm-hmm. everything. Cajun food really was not an Omaha staple until a couple years ago. I would say like Herb yep. Saint was kind of like the main introduction. That was 2016. Sure. The original Acadian opened in 2018. Then the Dundee location just opened this past year. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it took so long for Omaha to adopt Cajun food or maybe discover Cajun food is the better way to say it? It is kind of odd because you have the College World Series, right? And yeah, the, with LSU coming LSU, up every year. Every other year at least, right? And then um, you know, the papers would cover you know, those uh, tailgates mm-hmm. down there. Um, when it was at Rosenblatt anyway. Um, so it's a great question. You know, I did a lot of business travel prior to being in the restaurant business. You know, I was in corporate America and I did a lot of business travel and uh, a lot of it was to Washington, D.C. and uh, you know, Texas and then on the both coasts, right? So, our, you know, that food is established. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, and then you have Emerald. You know, he's been on the air forever. And you remember that Justin Wilson, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, I don't know why it never picked up here, but that's a, it's a great, uh, a great point. One of the reasons, I, I would have been very comfortable opening it up in an Italian restaurant or one of my other favorites, a Mexican street food mm, restaurant. Mm-hmm. You can throw a rock and hit and those hit, places. Yeah. Go, <laughs> They're know. everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And some are doing it right. And some, you know, it's great. But uh so Cajun, um, kind of the business side of it, plus side, it is my favorite cuisine, mm-hmm. made sense mm-hmm. for exactly that reason. I can't explain why there's only a few of us doing it. Well, I think that you've seen now, like mm-hmm. it might have taken a while for that introduction between Omaha and Cajun cuisine to yeah. be made. But now that it's been made, that's a good relationship. Yeah. People are starting to understand, hey, this is really good. We need to try this. You know, I guess we could link it to the barbecue question, right? I think there's some great barbecue restaurants uh, in the area, but it took a lot of time for mm-hmm. us guys to perfect that. You know, you go to Kansas City and or Texas, my goodness, for Texas <laughs> yeah. amazing. And I think a lot of that, is, as far as the barbecue scene goes, is you know, if you're not turning it over, those meats, you know, they lose a little something, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, down south, they're certainly doing that. Um, so maybe it's just that. And I, I, again, I get a lot of transplant Southerners in. And not so much anymore. But, you know, they come in with the chip on that shoulder, I'm telling you. They say, you don't, you, you're not going to be able to do this. I'm going to try it anyway, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they walk away satisfied for the most part, very much so. Oh, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like there's this great divide between like legit Cajun food mm-hmm. and bad Cajun food. And there's not a lot of space yeah. in between. Like it's either really good or it's just an imposter. <laughs> Why is that? It's very time consuming, labor intensive. Yeah. You know, the scratch kitchen we have there as far as, as far as the marketing, but it goes hand in hand, I think, with this type of cooking. It really does with Italian, too, and we just talked about barbecue. But, um, you know, our roux for our gumbo, it takes 12 hours to make. Mm-hmm. The boudin balls take two days, right? Yeah. And, you know, to set up and, and, and all these things, right? And uh, 
then just execution. I think there's a way to do things. Um, you know, we don't have a microwave or a heat lamp in either restaurant. Um, the Dundee did. You know, we, I had them pulled out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, reason for that, it's almost like muscle memory, right? Um, you have the, uh, you know, the expectation is, you know, the kitchen completes the order all at once. And there's nothing else to do, guys, except it has to go to the table now. Mm-hmm. Um, how I think that relates to Cajun food, you know, the fresh ingredients. Um, and there's, I'm not saying there's not a, uh, you know, there's ways to, certainly people can use those tools correctly. Right. But I don't, I don't want them just so I, we, we're all on the understanding that nothing sits. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're just used to it now. And it's almost like, again, muscle memory. Uh-huh. And I know that you mentioned like you part of opening Acadian Grill was you saw an opportunity mm-hmm. to open a different style of restaurant that Omaha wasn't familiar with. But you yeah. also have mentioned that you just have a love for Cajun food and yeah. you developed it. What made you so passionate about bringing that cuisine that you discovered other places to Omaha? I go back to the blackening seasoning and it's a key ingredient in what we're doing. Um, I just love blackened food. Very hard to find. You remember the Brass Grill? Or maybe you don't. It was downtown. No. Gene Camerata owned it. And then he eventually had a little restaurant on 55th and Leavenworth. I uh, got to know him fairly well. And um, he's a great guy, funny guy. But he would blacken scallops for me, which, oh weren't, which were not on the menu. Oh. You know? But he'd have to, he'd say, I got to get my cast iron skillet uh-huh. you know and then yep. that's gonna take 20 minutes and i said do it and I'm, i will wait you know so i will wait you know and um, that's the kind of food worth waiting for right. and you know our uh i like our service i like our uh execution in the back of the house for sure um the uh but it does take a little longer mm-hmm. you know um so Cajun cuisine, it just, you know, I think, you know, it's rustic. It's even simple in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but fresh ingredients. Um, and it just takes a little time for it to, to be done right. So if you're hurrying that, I think you get into trouble. Yeah. You know, or if it's sitting, you know, we're making, I have a team of prep cooks going all the time, you know, making the sauces. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's a lot of oversight there too. Um, but it's chop, 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 man. We're using for going through bell peppers, uh, all different varieties, colors. I mean, love it. You know, by the case. You yeah, know, that's what you're tasting. I think. Uh huh. Is that love? Yeah. So we went over the the over spicy myth. Mm-hmm. Are there any other misconceptions about Cajun food that you feel a lot of people have that we can take the opportunity to just swap that away right now? Um, that it's not versatile, right? So oh, yeah. while we're, uh, we're creating our sauces, you know, every morning, um, and there's a variety of them, whether it's, you know, the, the Gouda Mac, you know, cheese sauce for mm-hmm. the Gouda Mac and Tasso. Um, it's not all just sitting in a pot. I think, you know, it's, all yeah, right. <laughs> we're really a saute kitchen, uh-huh. you know? Um, and you know, those things can be made to order. Um, now if at least in our restaurant, if we're, and most, I suppose, if you're super busy, we ask the wait staff not to take, you know, these special yeah. orders. You know, I understand, but, uh, yeah. But no, we can assemble it um, many different ways. 
Yeah, you could. You don't have to have the five pepper cream with your uh, uh, papadal noodle. You know, you could have it just with butter and salt, and we can put a grilled chicken on there. You know, it's it's not Cajun anymore, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, but it is very versatile. Uh, maybe that lends more to the 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 scratch kitchen concept rather than uh, trying to answer your question there. But uh, um, you know, ribs. You know, we're doing ribs now, um, but. Again, it comes down to how we're you know, working in the Cajun theme, you know, and it kind of goes back to our seasonings and and the steps we take. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I just find really fascinating, especially interviewing and talking to more chefs, is just the process of opening a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's so – I don't think people understand just how difficult it is and how many things there are that you would never – as someone who hasn't opened a restaurant, you would never even think about. Can you maybe pull back the curtain a little bit and just talk a little bit about just a, some of the difficulties of opening a restaurant because you've done it twice now in the past two years, but B also just like that thrill of accomplishment that comes Mm -hmm. with doing that. And for you seeing it thrive. Yeah. June 29th, uh, 2018 was a great day. That's when we opened. Mm -hmm. Um, we actually had the, Chamber of Commerce there, and we did the ribbon cutting, you know, and made a big party of it, invited uh, friends and family and so on. Um, the first location, you know, it needed a lot of work. It was actually a voodoo taco. Right. You know, but we had to scrape up the floor and, uh, you know, remodel, buy some equipment, you know, to, you know, execute the plan. I'm installing that. And that was easy enough, um, you know, just hard work, mm-hmm. right? Permits. <laughs> and and I love the city, you know, they're really good to work with. I can honestly say that, you know, but the, you know, the uh, crossing the T's and the dotting the I's that those people have to kind of enforce, you know, got a little silly to some degree. Uh-huh. Um, so definitely watch out for that. Uh, you're, uh, you know, we did test kitchen for four weeks, you know, while we were going through all that, which uh-huh. I think is a key. Yeah. You know, um, the, how fun of a process is that, by the way, doing a test kitchen, oh, just yeah. like running through like right. different dishes, experimenting. Like I imagine that, yep. that just sounds like candy yeah. land to Absolutely. me. Yeah, it is. Matter of fact, you know, you just gave me an idea. You know, if I ever open up another one, we should sell tickets. There you go. You know? <laughs> I just did a, uh, we, we just kicked off a brunch menu. I originally, we originally designed the menu for Miracle Hills, uh, 114th and Dodge. Um, but then the Dundee thing developed and it just put it in there because we were already open on Sunday. Miracle is not. Is not. Uh-huh. Um, so we had a couple, you know, that was Test Kitchen as well, the brunch menu. And I had friends and family in again and, you know, it was a ball. But you could really, you know, using social media, you know, guys like yourself would be interested in that. We're going to do Oh, Test absolutely. Kitchen, right? <laughs> I'll buy a ticket to a Test Kitchen. Bring me in. Exactly. I'll pay double. That's another little business. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, opening up, you know, you're spending money right and left. Nothing's coming in. You know, that's stressful. Uh, you know, but watching something grow, you know, the uh, the little restaurant in Miracle Hills is kind of like my baby now. I love being there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, a, it's a project. You know, I was used to doing projects, you know, in my old career, you know. A lot of different moving parts. Um, so I was prepared for all that. 
Um, you know, things to watch out for. I don't know if I should be saying this, but bring the city in right away before you do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> and let them sign off on things. Yeah. Not that you're trying to get away with anything, but it, it gets a little. I'm sure. Weird. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty of red tape everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just, uh, you know, I hired a bunch of staff, the front of the house people, and then they didn't show, you know, mm-hmm. right? So we were scrambling there. I was actually a waiter for a long time. It was just me and uh, the chef <laughs> on some nights. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, but things come in place, right? So now the team is, uh, it's pretty much like family in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, very rarely, you know, you still go through your bumps, you know, and you think someone's going to work out and then all of a sudden they don't, but mm-hmm. we have a, we have a core. That's the key to anything is really surrounding yourself. And that's the hard part in the beginning, right? Is surrounding yourself with, uh, you know, people that care, that are passionate, um, you know, have their own goals, mm-hmm. you know, and want to, want to see it happen. And that's, that's something that's so fascinating. It's something that I know, uh, famous chef Dave Chang talks a lot about mm-hmm. on his podcast is yeah. like one of the most important things about establishing mm-hmm. a successful restaurant is finding the right people and creating that team mm-hmm. of people who aren't just showing up for a paycheck, but they care about right. each other. They're willing to work the long hours mm-hmm. and everything because they care about the success of the restaurant. How do you find those people? Like how do you cultivate that family? Oh, boy. I'm sure there's no like one sentence secret, but no, well, out and, you know, again, and if you're working for a successful corporation, you know, you have a squad of people looking for that person, you know, for you mm-hmm. and they're in front of you and you do the interview and, and hopefully that all works out. Um, I got to say in this industry, at least for me, it was hit and miss. I mean, you know, you do the interview, um, yeah, there's, uh, um, you know, drug related issues, you know, mm-hmm. right. And you don't know, you know, you hire the guy and all of a sudden, you know, yep, you don't got know. problems. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm very fortunate. I have uh, two kitchen managers that have been with me, um, over a year. Um, one got promoted when the Dundee site opened up mm-hmm. and it's, they're just a tight, they're sisters. Right. And it's just a tight knit group and the tree is kind of growing off of them now. Yeah. Right. And, uh, uh, we just have, uh, I believe they love working there. That's what they tell me. <laughs> and, um, it's just, uh, you know, we don't skip a beat in a lot of ways, you know, um, tire falls off the car every now and then. Um, but we all pull together. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you find that person? Trial and error. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully you're creating, I'm very proud of the fact that I've, we've created a work environment that is very safe. You mm-hmm. know, um, not only just to women, but you know, to everyone working there. You know, mm-hmm. I think they felt very safe, you know, as far as harassment and those things, it's not accepted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, maybe that's where you start, right? You get that reputation and um, you become you know, a destination almost. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now I know a lot of, chefs and restaurateurs here in Omaha that have been very successful and they have great restaurants Mm -hmm. and they're wary of opening a second location. Like people come at them all the time and they're like, 
hey, I would love it if you would open a second location close to me or put one here, you'd make a ton of business. And they're like, second locations can be dicey. You opened a second location after a year and a half. Yeah. Like what, what was that process like? And just, I, was it just an yeah. opportunity that came available or how it, did that go down? It was. So, um, I live in Dundee, mm-hmm. which, uh, and a lot of my neighbors were harassing me. <laughs> um, I won't use their exact terminology. Why did you move out to bump, bump, West <laughs> <Yeah>. Omaha? <laughs> you know? Right. Why didn't you open up in, you know, Midtown in my backyard? Yeah. Place like that. You know, I'm not going to cross 90th street. And I'm one of those people too. Emma, I live in Dundee and uh, you know, there's the, uh, I'm not going to cross 72nd street. Mm-hmm. Now it's 90th street. I think, Yeah. you know, uh, it's all, all kind of funny, but, um, in any case, second location, uh, my Miracle Hills location does not have a bar. We have a liquor license. We do sell spirits. We have some good wines and a great selection of beer. Mm-hmm. And I was just always wondering. So when they walk into Miracle Hills, though, and I'm full, and it happens often enough, I think we got a reputation of there was, you can't get in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lounge three doors down. And those are good people. So I started sending people down to that lounge to wait. Oh, nice. And I would walk yeah. down and I would walk down and get them myself or, you know, call them. If they gave me a cell phone, you know, we'd have a list going. And that works, you know, but you just, I was sta- left standing there and then people would just leave sometimes, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's cold out or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line almost out the door and so on. It's a problem, right? So when the Dundee thing started to materialize, you know, and again, that's a six week conversation, um, that I was having, but that beautiful bar, it is gorgeous. Yeah. What would our menu look like with a beautiful bar, you know, and a waiting area and all that. Right. Uh-huh. And it's an amazing facility. Um, so I just, I guess I'm a risk taker, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, makes sense to me. I think we're going to make it work. The, uh, the, 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 I do have uh, back to my customers, right? So I have a, a guy from, uh, Acadia parish. He comes in a lot with his wife. He's one of the original originals, you know, at the, at Miracle Hills. Now he started to come to, uh, the Dundee location as well. I think he says it best, better than I could have, but kind of what I was thinking when he goes to the Miracle Hills location, he's back home in rural Louisiana, Acadia Parish. Mm-hmm. When he goes to the Dundee location, he's in New Orleans. He's on. He's in the French Quarter. Yeah, right? and he loves it. Yeah. So, same food, more or less. Uh, hopefully, the same experience as far as customer service, um, but two different experiences. Right. So I kind of see that too as part of the reasoning to some things you just have a hard time passing up and. That location was it. And a big part of those varied experiences is location number two in Dundee mm-hmm. came with a smoker. Yeah. So <laughs> that allows you to have some fun on the menu. Like the Dundee location, like you mentioned, has baby back ribs. It has mm-hmm. a brisket yep. sandwich. It has smoked meatloaf. It has a sandwich that I just sampled recently that is just like crazy delicious. A smoked prime rib sandwich. Mm-hmm. What, when you purchased that location and got the smoker to go along with it. Was that just like opening up a toy chest and you're just like, let's go. I'm a barbecue guy. I I used to do competitions, uh, you know, before I had 
you know, before children, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> to where you can change spend, things a little bit. You can spend two and a half days, you know, at a barbecue competition, right? And all the fun that goes with that. Um, the uh, it's a great smoker. Um, oh, it's probably six by you know four feet wide. We do have a smoker at the Miracle Hills location, but it's nothing like this. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not the cast iron beauty that this is. Mm-hmm. And we do run the same specials, all the dishes that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. We run them as specials out at Miracle Hills. They're not necessarily on the menu. Right. Um, so, yeah, it opens up a lot of doors as far as catering, too. You know, all those uh, meats you mentioned, or most of them are also on my catering menu now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to work on a, a lot of different rubs, which I like to do, and uh, different barbecue sauces, which I'm not a – I think barbecue sauce should strictly be on the side – People disagree with me, but I'm I'm with you. Yeah. If if you mm-hmm. want to add sauce, you yeah. can, mm-hmm. but the flavor of the meat should yeah. be able to stand out for itself. Yeah. So sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. I agree with you. I want to yeah. confirm that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- those are uh, just you know, again, it's you know, barbecue is a tough thing, um, and you know, I don't want to be a barbecue restaurant, um, but you know, we're adding our go back to that blackening seasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is a Cajun um, smoked process, if you will. Yeah. So how, how do you infuse, like, how do you make that barbecue Cajun fusion? How do you mm-hmm. bring those two flavors together? Well, you know, we put them on our poor boys, right? So it, the, uh, the, that sandwich you had last night works off perfectly in a poor boy. We also, we also, we've always smoked a lot of, uh, pork shoulder and that is the basis for our tasso mm-hmm. yep right? tasso ham. and we've started to experiment with um uh tasso poor boys as well but the tasso Ooh, goes yeah. on the shrimp and grits um and the gouda mac and cheese um constantly have that smoker burning you know with the tasso on top of the other you know menu items uh-huh also we smoke our own salmon which goes on the uh louisiana dill salad oh boy yeah that sounds so good so before we get out of here, just to just to whet some appetites and, and let people know what they can expect, you know, when they come into Acadian Grill, what are a few of your favorite dishes and what do you like about them? I like the black cat over dirty rice. Um, I probably have that once a week. And that's some blackened yep. catfish. Blackened catfish over our dirty rice, which is rendered round gizzards. Again, the tasso, the holy trinity's in there. Um, and then a Creole mustard on top just oh, marries, marries the two together. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. The shrimp and grits. Um, I love grits. I love shrimp. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people talk about that dish. Uh, jambalaya is number one seller. And I think it's that delicious. Is, yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, when, when people come in, the shrimp poor boy and the uh, jambalaya are the number one sellers. Um, they were at the beginning and they are now. Um, great dishes. I would I venture off from those, but I think people will order those because that's what they think first, right? Uh-huh. You have to be able to do this right or we're done, right? And, uh, and the jambalaya and the shrimp boy. Uh-huh. Um, but I think we're nailing it. Uh, uh, the gumbo, again, that's a 12-hour process just to make the roux. It's real smoky. It's a great gumbo recipe, I think. And uh, what we're venturing into, too, so I love seafood. I, uh, Ooh, here we go. Yep. Let's get so excited. We do it. We do a we do a, a a snapper dish over sweet potato mash with a three grilled uh, shrimp on there, and uh, 
I'm going to start offering soft shell crab if you oh, want to yes. replace the snapper with soft shell crab. Uh huh. I got some mussels I'm working with. I think they would go really good with the uh, five pepper cream sauce. Uh-huh. I just sauteed. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, and that's the fun part about this, right? There's, there is an administrative side going back to the restaurant conversation that where it is work, but uh-huh. this is kind of like test kitchen all over again. Right? Uh-huh. So I got mussels and clams we're working with. Um, Lent's coming up. Uh, and you know, we were doing cod last year. People loved that you know, over Cajun chips. And I plan to have at least two more seafood items just rolled out for Lent. It'll be involved the mussels and the soft shell crab mm-hmm. to go with everything else. Also, if I can, go. Um, I am purchasing uh, 500, 500 pounds of uh, live crawfish. They, I'm told they're going to be here Saturday. Okay. For Fat Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to run them Monday and Fat Tuesday. Monday and Fat Tuesday. Yeah, because I think give people an opportunity. We'll be full Fat Tuesday all day, both restaurants, right? So, so that's going to be February 24th and 25th. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 500 pounds live crawfish. Oh, we'll, that's We'll beautiful. purge them. And um, it's just going to be classic with uh, potatoes, corn, and we'll put a little bit of that uh, magic dust creoles to, uh, dust that I've been talking about on top. Uh huh. Oh, and I'll throw in some andouille sausage. I was just thinking. Oh yeah, that. sure. Yeah. Just throw in some andouille <laughs> too. Just make it even better. <laughs> but it'll be uh, just a seven item menu with that being the star. Mm-hmm. I think I got enough for everybody, but you know, reservations online, please. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, as much as I love podcasts, there's a part of me that almost like. Right now, I regret that people can't see how excited you are. Like when you got started talking about just Mm -hmm. the different dishes and running stuff through the test kitchen, like your eyes just lit up and and came alive, like to a whole new level. Just what is the, how do you even explain like the excitement just between like coming up with dishes and things just like, do things just Mm -hmm. enter your mind and you're just like, oh shoot, that sounds like a great idea. I need to do that. I think with the brunch menu, you know, we were just we just took breakfast menu items, and instead of uh, cream gravy with breakfast sausage, uh-huh. we're, we're using andouille and uh, um, well, it's an andouille gravy, yeah, right? <laughs> made out of the uh, you know the droppings from you know, uh-huh. the sausage, right, and uh, over cornbread instead of biscuits, yeah, right? and it's the cornbread is almost like a a crouton at that point, you know, because we put it on the flat top and grill it up. But uh, I don't know. I've just always liked doing that. I've always done chili competitions. I mentioned the barbecue competitions. Something that you said reminded me of a conversation with a, I used to, I wasn't a salesperson, but a lot of salespeople would, you know, we would go talk and have lunch. And I used to talk about this, you know, for 20 years about going into the restaurant business. And this guy, uh, name escapes you right now, but he was a sales guy from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, Dan, something that you just said to me, Dan, often. <laughs> just all kinds of Dan's he in says, this episode. He said, when you talk about your your work, you know, you know it, you're good at it, all good there. He said, but when you talk about your kids and potentially opening up a restaurant is when you light up. Uh-huh. So whatever I'm drawn to, um, I'm not going to put the business the same category as my kids, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It makes me feel good. Well, that is something that's been so fun about this show is a lot of times, like I'll bring chefs in here and stuff and maybe they're not used to doing 
I don't even know if I'd call this media, but just, you know, being mm-hmm. in front of a microphone or whatever. But once you start asking about food, that's when they're, they, they get in their comfort zone. They're just like, yep, I bet I can talk about. And they just come alive and their mm-hmm. hands start yeah. moving around. Yeah. Their eyes yeah. light up, like I said. So I just think that that's really fun. Um, last question here. I want to go back to the inspiration real quick. You were like talking about uh, the biscuits and gravy and how you've kind of I don't know if Cajunized it is an accurate way to say it, but like the inspiration for something like that, do you just like, can you like see a commercial on TV or you're just out to eat and you're having biscuits and gravy and all of a sudden it's just like that light bulb moment where it's like, what if this were Tasso gravy instead of just normal gravy? Like where does inspiration come from for stuff like that? Well, it's the opportunity to open up for brunch, right? Or do breakfast in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't it just it made immediate sense to me. Um you know, to use tasso and andouille instead of sausage links. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Boom, there's a big change right there. We're already doing crab cakes. Everything on the brunch menu is the exact same ingredients from you know the rest of the you know, the thought process is just breakfastized. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Cajunized breakfast. Yeah, we have Cajunized yeah. and breakfastized <laughs> here. And so um it was pretty simple really to figure out. We also took some of our desserts, like the the banana bread pudding, and I make French toast out of it. Well, simple. Yeah, that that yeah. just sounds terrible. I don't <laughs> want four servings of that right now. And then, uh, you know, we like the crab cakes right to have. Well, crab cakes Benedict, you know, done. And yeah, it just really came together. We did do you know two kitchens, two test kitchen days, um, but I just made sense. Yeah, the collard greens, right? So we have collard greens in an omelet. Yeah, and you can put any protein you want on that. Mm-hmm. It's going to taste great you know, or leave it healthy. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, if you ever have any other test kitchen days, yeah. whether you want to start selling tickets or just yeah. to have people down, I know one person <laughs> who would very happily <laughs> sacrifice my time right. to come in and try some awesome Cajun food. I'm really glad that we got this opportunity to not only expose people to just the greatness of Cajun food in general, but also specifically to Acadian Grill. Um, so the two locations, there's one, uh, like Dan mentioned, off 114th and Dodge in the Miracle Hills. The other's in Dundee in the old Kith and Ken location. Um, both absolutely ex- excellent. Both have a little different flair. So like you go to both and you're eating at the same restaurant, but you can have a totally different experience, what I love. Uh, Dan, just thank you so much for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. All right, Omaha, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. And uh, we'll just keep this thing rolling. Thanks for eating with me. A Parkville Media Production.